Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back, everyone. Another week. Yes. Now we're doing the intro. So I was like, <laughs> which is oh, fine. I, <laughs> no, yes. I don't another know. Week. Starting, no, yeah, it's totally fine. Know. It's totally fine. I know. We usually will do this instead of like our little mini intros. We like doing the intro because then we did it after we talked to the person so we could give you guys highlights. But guess what? It is what it is, and we're here, and we're just trying to do the best that we can, but... We talk for a living, so, I mean, I thought we were doing a short talk, not a long talk. I see. Yes, no. (laughs) It's totally fine. I think Uh, that we were just excited. We're always excited, but especially with our guests today, because it's that dreaded, what are we going to have for dinner, right? Just, like, what are the key, you know, nutritional benchmarks I have to try to hit? Like, what is my kid going to eat? What am I not... Like, am I going to be a short order cook? Like... I think it's just a really important topic that spreads across. I mean, it just doesn't matter what type of kiddo that you have. So we have Marie Feebach. I think you just told me how to say it. And did I say it? Okay. Excellent. Uh, (laughs) On our podcast today, Marie, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my goodness. Vicki and Amanda, I am so happy to be here with you today. And yes, don't you have that feeling of dinner dread or dread hearing, what's for dinner tonight? Absolutely. You know what saved me for a while that I actually, every other week, I subscribed to one of those meal box kits because, well, one, I started it when I, I guess I've been doing it for a while because I'm vegan. And so it's a, it's called purple carrots. So it's all vegan meals. And then like my husband just adds meat to whatever meals and it, it works out fine. But I got to tell you, when you're just talking about like the dread of what's for dinner, I'm just thinking I have like three meals to choose from. I, you know, give the option and then I make one of them. It makes it so much easier, but I know that that's not always going to be the case because we're not always going to have that. Well, you know what? I love those meal box ideas for when you need some inspiration and you kind of feel like Mm -hmm. you get in a rut. Yeah. And so that's kind of like every other week is kind of fun because it can kind of spark your creativity. But again, I day in, day out, most families, the meal box is not going to work for feeding your family day in and day out. And that's what I do. My job is to help busy families get weeknight dinner on the table. I'm a family dinner coach and I help families figure out when they're going to eat and what they're going to eat because your kids are little right now. But Mm -hmm. as your kids get bigger, especially once they hit school, right. The after school activity rush, trying to figure out, and then you have like multiple kids and you're trying to figure out, I've got one kid at dance and I've got Mm -hmm. one kid at soccer and when are we going to eat tonight? Mm -hmm. And it becomes such that dinner is not about the recipes, but it's about time management. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Marie, so how did you get to this position? Like what kind of inspired you? Was it your own kind of life experience? Was it just kind of seeing family struggle? What was it? You know, it kind of was a perfect storm. I have always loved food and I've always loved cooking. As a middle schooler, I did like competitive baking and that type of thing. And so I've always loved food. And I grew up in a house where my mother 
cooked all the time. Like we rarely ate out. And so I learned a lot of things from her that other people weren't learning. And then you fast forward my twins. I have, I have four kids. I have a son who just graduated from high school. I have a daughter who's a sophomore in high school. And then I have 13 year old twin girls. Oh my gosh. And my twins were playing competitive soccer and kids sports are right at dinner time. And so I'm sitting on the sidelines of the soccer games and on the sidelines of the practice. And I'm talking to the moms and the moms are saying, we're going to hit the drive through, eat dinner, do the homework, put the kids in the bath and put them to bed. And I was doing everything that they were doing except yep. for hitting the drive through. Mm. And they started asking me, mm. how are you not hitting the drive through? Because it's so hard to feed your family when you're running to all these places. Right. Mm-hmm. And At the same time, I was working a contract job that was kind of starting to end Mm. and I was wanting my next thing. And so I took an entrepreneurship class and the leader of this entrepreneurship class says, what are people coming to you for? What Mm. are they asking you about? And I said, they're asking me about dinner. And I started to reverse engineer what I was doing naturally in my head so that I could take it apart and start teaching it to busy families. And that was the beginning of Feed Your Family Tonight. And four years later, it's taken this winding journey that I never expected to go on. But I love every minute. My tagline is kind of building stronger families one dinner at a time. Because I Mm. really believe that the family dinner table is a place to create connection Mm -hmm. and stability with your children it's stability and predictability and by predictability I mean that we're going to eat dinner every night and my house it's different time every night because I've got kids that are running all over right but knowing that there's always family dinner Mm -hmm. it's a way to build connection and 90% of the time it's crazy I have teenagers and it's still get your elbows off the table dinner's Mm -hmm. not a cocktail party (laughs) sit at the chair I mean it doesn't change when your toddlers grow up I promise yeah but every once in a while they'll come to you with a tender topic And we have created this safe place for my family where my kids can ask the hard questions and we create the space to answer them. And that is really what weeknight dinner is about. But you've got to have the tools of figuring out what to fix for dinner, how to get dinner on the table. And so when you're trying to build that connection, you cannot forget the practical tips and tricks. And that's what I help with. I can imagine that for a lot of families, I mean, we're not quite there yet because we're still like all at home for the most part, but we're in normal times. It's dinner time is like the one time where everyone is there, you know, if both parents are working or kids have extracurriculars, or even if both parents aren't working, you know, the time where everyone is home at once, that's probably the only time of day for most families. Right. Oh my goodness. Totally in my house. Yeah. Totally in my house. That is the one time where everybody's in the same room. And honestly, sometimes we're eating in shifts. So it's not even that, but it's still a point of connection. It's still a point of predictability for our kids. But we were kind of talking earlier about how the pandemic kind of gave some opportunities for people working from home to look at dinner differently. I really think that When you're looking at the time management of dinner, you need to look at not only when you're going to eat, but when are you going to cook it? And if you're working from home, you might be doing that cooking at 10 o'clock in the morning. You might be getting everything prepped and putting it in your crock pot liner. And then at two in the afternoon, you can turn your crock pot on. Or you might have a 30 minute meal and you're standing at the stove at 
5.30 at night, cooking from 5.30 until 6, and you all sit down at 6. It kind of can adjust, but being home more is giving people more opportunities to cook in different ways than they have in the past. And I think to think about it more, yeah. right? Instead of, it's 5 o'clock, oh my God, what are we going to have for dinner? I think those conversations are happening earlier and earlier, especially if you know, two spouses are at home, you're just kind of like at noon, you're like, okay, what are we going to have for dinner? You know, and you're looking in the fridge. And I think that that's what it is, is the breakdown of how to do that. You know, I don't necessarily do I do yoga now for an hour straight like I did pre-pandemic? No. But can I do it, you know, two or three times for 10-minute increments? Like, definitely. And it's still something, right? And I think that that's the difference with a lot of people at home now, too, is that you can break dinner down. You can chop the vegetables for the stew or whatever, you know, at 10 a.m. Then you can do another step. It doesn't necessarily all have to be done at one time and at least that's what I've learned like during the pandemic like a lot of things don't have to all be done at one time if you just see the chunks of it broken down you know because I like structure you know I like knowing when things will be completed and but being able to kind of break it down which is a skill I think but that's kind of the expertise that you bring to families right so you'll basically kind of hear them out like what their schedule is and get them to really start thinking more concretely it sounds like about their schedules and about dinner that's exactly what i do and it's also you run into the issues of people are fighting different preferences so they've got one kid that has to be Mm -hmm. dairy free one kid that has to be gluten free and or they're vegan and their husband is only going to eat meat and potatoes and trying to balance those different dietary needs in your family and then figuring out how to not have four different dinners every night because that is so exhausting. But so many families are facing different dietary needs. I mean, I do in my house, I've got one kid that basically lives off of carbs and another kid that really can't (laughs) have too many carbs because they don't feel well when they eat too many carbs. Mm. And so figuring out how to structure meals so that you're only having to cook once, but everybody in the family is getting what they need. And that's also a big part of what I do when I work with families, I always start with my weekly meal planning sheet, and we look at their activities in the afternoon, and then we do what I call set a dinner bell, which Mm -hmm. is what is the target time that you're going to eat, and I would like to say that we eat at 5.30 every night, but if you follow my meal plans on Instagram, you'll see that it changes day to day, and rarely are we eating that early. We're usually eating later because I've got teenagers, and they're busy. Yeah. But you figure out when you're going to eat, and then I teach them how to plan their meals around the kind of day that they're having. So if you're having a day where you have meetings back-to-back at work, and you know by 6 o'clock at night your brain is going to be toast, you need to plan something that comes from your freezer or something that is prepared already or something that you can throw in the slow cooker before your busy day starts, and you can pull it out at night. But then there's other days where you're like, yeah, my day's going to feel manageable. And you can do something like a 30 minute meal where you're cooking a stir fry and you can stand at the stove for 30 minutes and cook before you sit down to dinner. But it comes down to that. Let's look at our time management. And then like you were talking, Vicki, earlier, it's really good to do prep. And so Mm -hmm. on my weekly meal planning sheet, I have a place where you write prep. And the prep is what do I need to do today? to be successful later in the week. So I'll often write 
thaw hamburgers Mm -hmm. or thaw some chicken or soak my beans. And I write that on the day I need to do it, not the day of the meal. And I get in the habit of always doing my prep when I'm cleaning up my dinner dishes. And I spend like three to five minutes doing prep. I am not spending amount of time, but that three to five minutes of prep sets me up for success the next day. And that's why meal planning at the beginning of the week is so important Mm -hmm. because you can look at your whole week, your whole schedule, and it keeps you from at four o'clock in the afternoon saying, Oh my gosh, I've got to go fix dinner because trust me, I've been there. And what happens is your brain has that dinner dread and you're thinking all day long, Oh, I've got to fix dinner. What do I want? We had turkey last night. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can have beans. I've got some chicken in the freeze, you know, and you're spending a lot of brain space right. on that. And when you take a few minutes at the beginning of the week and put all of those little decisions into one 15 minute session, your brain is free of those decisions. And it is yeah, the planning, the planning is huge. I recently had to start really trying to plan. I mean, you know, my eight month old is starting to crawl. So we're really getting to a point where someone's got to be around him. And, you know, for a while, we were set in a pretty good groove of when my husband came home from work, he took over the baby, fed him a bottle while I cooked dinner, everything was good. And then he had to go, um, he's in the military. So he had to go for a week. And he was gone. And it was just me for everything. And for the first few days, I like, I think I had leftovers for a day. And then I was like, well, I have no one to watch the baby for me to cook. And I had to go through in the mornings of being like, when can I do this prep? And that's when I started to have, like, I think I was cooking it during his nap times and then just reheating it. But I mean, it worked. It just took some reorganization of my schedule because I thought in that week, I was like, how do single moms or single parents do this? Because I did it for a week and it's crazy. I mean, hats off to all the single parents because it is a very special person that does that. It is so hard when you're trying to have to manage everything on your own. But again, it's about time management. So you figured out, Amanda, in your life that you needed to cook earlier in the day and just reheat. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend, Shannon, she had kids that were older. And I mean, one was in dance, one was in football, one was in every sport known to man. She would drop her kids off at school, go to the gym and come home and fix dinner, put everything in little glass containers with their names on it. And they would just pull it out when they were home because no one was ever home at the same time. And so planning when you cook is almost more important Mm -hmm. than planning what you cook because you need to choose the right kind of meal for the time of day that you're cooking, the kind of day that you're having. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I have a friend whose mother-in-law came to stay with them for two weeks and she just left. And I was like, it's nice to be taken care of. Right. And he was like, yeah, I had breakfast every morning. I had, you know, and his wife's like, giving on the side but like it's just one of those things where it's that extra brain energy that is draining Mm -hmm. when you've already had a long day right like by four I'm like done right it's just like you've been with the kid you've been trying to get in between work stuff and it's just like oh my gosh like what are we gonna do and I've found that like at least planning and not being super rigid like you know, Tuesday we're having tacos, Wednesday we're having, like you said, Marie, like, well, you know, this day got a little busy, so let's just grab something from the freezer 
you know, that you can just put in the oven for an hour or whatever. And even though you thought you were going to, you know, do something else that day, I think that flexibility too is definitely something. And, you know, you can have takeout one or two times or whatever it is for that works for your family if you're in a real pinch. Well, you know, and Vicki, my, my three-step system where I talk about plan and prep, set a dinner bill. The third step is always have a backup. And because mm. everybody has days where the wheels fall off. Yep. And going to the drive-thru takes more time and energy than it does just having something in your house. So I call a backup meal anything that you can get on the table in 20 minutes or less with ingredients that you keep in your house all the time. And the thing about a backup meal is by the time you need it, it's too late to run and go and get it. So you want to make sure that you keep those ingredients in your house all the time. Some of my favorite backup meals are like bean and cheese quesadillas. Mm. And so I keep some tortillas in my freezer. Mm -hmm. I keep a can of refried beans. Mm -hmm. I keep a bag of shredded cheese in my freezer and I can put those together on my griddle and, you know, cut up some fruit and dinners on the table. Or a lot of families do like pancakes, like they keep a pancake mix and some scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. They'll have breakfast for dinner as a backup. But you need to have two or three backups because everyone's going to have a day Mm -hmm. when the wheels fall off. And when you are ready for that, then you don't have to run to the drive-thru. And it's going to take you at least 20 minutes to get back and forth to the drive-thru. Yeah, yeah. But you'll be so much calmer Mm. if you don't have to get in your car and go. If you can just put something together in the oven or throw together some cheese quesadillas and call it dinner. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Go ahead. That's great advice. I mean, I know when we have like times where I'm just like, oh, I'm so burnt out. I really don't have the energy to cook. I want my husband to spend time with the babies because he's been gone all day. So I'm not going to have him cook. And so then we talk about like, oh, let's just, you know, have something delivered or order out. But then the conversation of figuring out what you're going to order, then figuring out what you're going to order and then waiting for it to come or going. Yeah. Even if you do go through a drive through Yeah. All of that. And especially like once you have more people involved and mm-hmm. you do have dietary. I mean, we get in fights all the time because he wants barbecue and I'm like well there's nothing vegan there so mm-hmm. yeah it takes more time than if I would have just cooked in the first place and, and it takes mental energy mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I did a podcast last year in the midst of the pandemic and I talked about the emotional burden of feeding your family and it's amazing that there are a thousand decisions that you make as a mom that are completely subconscious that weigh on how you feed your family. You know, you're thinking about the kid that needs to have more carbs or the kids that needs to have a little bit more protein. And so when you're thinking about the meals and then you've got one kid that doesn't like a particular dinner and another kid that really loves that dinner. So you're saying, okay, if I have this dinner on Tuesday, I'm going to have to have something that that kid likes on Wednesday. And then you've got a husband who likes his meat and potatoes. And so you want to make sure that you're not having, and all of these little microscopic things that you're not even realizing you're having this inner dialogue with yourself. It creates the emotional burden of feeding your family. And by stepping back and first of all, acknowledging mm-hmm. that it is and it is an emotional burden mm-hmm. and then working to put those decisions at the beginning of the week, it really does free up your brain space. And it takes a lot of that dinner dread away because we've all had that dinner dread where all day long you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to fix dinner and I don't know what I want for dinner. Yep. We've all had it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, one of those things where 
even if you're able to have like all the ingredients and all this like yeah it's that moment of you know can who can help as well and i think that that is something we've incorporated with my daughter just you know to get her to help like obviously it's going to take a little bit longer she doesn't know how to chop carrots but i can show her you know we got this cute little kind of cutting thing for her and like and it's like also time like one of my husband's love languages is like quality time and so if all of us can get together and I mean of course it's still one person like on Blair right like making sure she doesn't hang off the side of the counter or something like but at least it kind of gives us that opportunity and I think kind of echoing what you were saying before about kind of building that structure and that one kind of like family time or safe place. Like I think I had read like an article years ago where people like to talk when they're doing something else. So like they're on a walk or a hike or driving or eating, right? Like it's kind of like, oh, you know, this happened today because they're doing something else. And so creating those moments, I think, is something also important and something that I'm sure that you talk to your families about. And, And, you know, for us, we have a lot of parents they're going to therapies, they're doing the extra recreational stuff. And sometimes there's downtime, you know, the child in speech and language therapy, the mom may have, you know, a good 20 minutes to herself. And that could even be something on a Monday morning that she could kind of plan out, right? And, and get the week ready. Can I tell you, Vicki, that I kept my meal planning notebook <laughs> in my car because that was when I had time. And especially mm-hmm. if you've got parents that are running your kids to therapies, because mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those parents. And I've, I mean, I've sat at the OT, I've sat at the yep. BT, I've sat at the yep. beach path. I know what that's yeah. like. And yes, that is your 20 minutes to yourself. And I did, I kept my meal planning notebook in my car for years because that is where I had the time and right. the brain space all to myself to do it. So you hit the nail on the head. It's brilliant, picky. Good. Good. Yeah, I know. We have a lot of parents. (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot of parents that, you know, just what they're doing. I'm just like, that's just that can apply to everyone, you know, like, and it's just finding those moments like Amanda did of, okay, when can I but sometimes you're just so overwhelmed. It's nice to hear how other parents do it. We had a guest on she was talking about how she just Thursday nights, you know, for two hours, she's doing all the laundry, right? And it was just like, that's just what I have to do. I put on a podcast, you know, whatever. Whereas Amanda and I were like, we're trying to do it here. We're trying to do it there. And sometimes, you know, that structure and like you said, like the planning of it. And it may seem overwhelming to, oh, well, I have to plan. It's one other thing. But like you said, you're taking away the everydayness of you thinking about it. And you're probably thinking about it a heck of a lot more in that day than if you spent the time at the beginning of the week to like sit down for the entire week. And I just don't think that enough people realize that. But like next time you're, you're thinking about like, try to acknowledge it. Like, you know, and you'll really see like, oh, I'm thinking about that again. That's weird. And I guarantee you're going to have a lot of check marks that you've been thinking about it. And so then it might be worth it to start planning. 100%. I could not agree more because you are thinking about it all day. I promise you. And that dinner dread is real. But if you take those decisions and you put them at the beginning, you will be surprised. It's almost years ago I had to have kind of a major surgery and I didn't realize how sick I was Mm. until I felt better. And it's the same thing with Mm. mid-planning. You don't realize how much time you're 
thinking about dinner until you have made those decisions and you don't have to think about it. My kids will say what's for dinner. And I'm like, I don't know, go check my Instagram. So my teenagers yeah. go and look at my Instagram because I'm going to plans every Monday. Yeah. And so they've gotten over But here's another thing that's really important is the meal plan does not have to be a prison. It is there to serve you. And I can't tell you how many times I tell my followers that my meal plan usually changes at least once a week from what I have written on there. Sometimes it's because I need to pull out one of those backup meals because I have a day where something happens and I'm like, Mm-mm, not mm-hmm. going to happen. Yep. And sometimes it's because my kid comes to me and they said, spaghetti does not sound good, mom. And I'll say, all right, I have ground beef. What would you prefer? They're like, how about tater tot casserole? Sure. Takes about the same amount of time. It's the same base ingredients. I have a concept that I teach my families about base ingredients where when you're trying to introduce new flavors or you get kind of stuck in a rut and Mm -hmm. you're tired of the same things over and over again, use this concept of base ingredients where you've got your main protein or your main vegetable and change either the flavors or the main ingredient. So Mm -hmm. an example is if I have boneless, skinless chicken breasts and I was going to make a chicken piccata, okay, Mm -hmm. and my kid says, that doesn't sound good, I'm like, okay, well, I've got chicken. He goes, how about chicken curry? I'm using the same ingredients. I'm just changing a couple of exterior ingredients. The same base is in the middle, and I'm just changing flavors. Or if you're wanting to introduce new flavors to your family. So let's say you're tired of Italian and Mediterranean food all the time. And you're just like, I am tired of the same 10 meals. Take your same ingredients. So it might be lentils or it might be boneless, skinless chicken breasts, whatever your kind of base protein-ish kind of thing is, then change the flavors around it. So you're not going from chicken piccata to a lentil curry because that's a big leap for your family. But if you go from a chicken piccata to a chicken curry, they're usually more likely to say, oh, this is good. So change either the main ingredients or the main flavors, but don't change both at the same time because that's how your family's going to revolt. Okay, so you do your meal planning on Monday, and then when do you shop? I usually shop on Tuesdays. Back in the day, I would meal plan on Monday. I would shop on Monday, and by 11 o'clock, everything was in the refrigerator, and I was done on Monday mornings. That was when my twins were in preschool. Now, I usually plan on Monday because I finish up the leftovers of what's in my fridge with whatever I plan on Monday, Mm. and then I shop on Tuesday. Occasionally, I'll even stretch it to Wednesday, but I also do weekly television cooking segments, and I have been taping those from home because of COVID on Wednesdays, so I'm usually shopping on Tuesdays to get the last ingredients for my videotaping and all of that on Wednesdays, so I usually shop on Tuesdays, but... You could do this on a Friday right. and shop on Saturday and be ready for the rest of the week. Like you don't have to do it on a Monday through Friday schedule right. or maybe a lot of people like Thursday afternoons is kind of when you feel like you're catching your breath for the end of the week and you're ready to get for the weekend. Thursdays is a really good time to kind of meal plan for like the second half of the week. If right. it's too daunting to do the whole week, right. just start on Thursday and plan through Monday. Right, right. Yeah. And, and break it up. see how different your weekend goes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so, Marie, I know you've mentioned your Instagram. Where can people find you on Instagram? 
oh, sure, I'm at Feed Your Family Tonight. That's my website, too, feedyourfamilytonight.com. And if your listeners want a copy of my free weekly meal planning sheet, which also has the instructions for walking through my system, it's free at feedyourfamilytonight.com slash plan. Excellent. And then you had said you you tape like recipes, like you go through the recipe? Yeah. I do weekly cooking segments on my local ABC affiliate. Oh, cool. I've been doing that for two years now. And I used to go into the studio live every Monday morning. Now I tape them on Wednesdays and I send them in and they air them on Mondays for me. Oh, that's so I really have cool. Most all my recipes have a video with them. Oh, that's very cool. And can they find that, those videos on your website? Yep, feedyourfamilytonight.com. You click on any of the recipes and all of them have a video in the recipe card there for you to look at to see how to make it. And it has lots of little tips and tricks on ways to make the recipe easier or shortcuts and that type of thing. Oh, absolutely. And just even inspiration, right? Of like, oh, how can I use lentils in a different way, right? Or just even, yeah, different ingredients. And that's the thing too, is like, I do get stuck in a rut. And so then you just think those ingredients just do that thing. So (laughs) it's nice to see like different ideas for different things. You know, and before we went on air, Amanda was talking about how she uses a meal kit delivery service. Mm -hmm. If you are stuck in a rut, those meal kit delivery services are a great way to get some inspiration because usually they're very simple, easy to make recipes, but they often use flavors that you don't think to put together yourself. And so if you are in a rut, even just looking at those online and then or buying some and keeping the recipe cards and yeah. making them, it's a really good way to kind of get yourself out of a rut. Yeah, I've learned so many. I've always loved cooking. My dad taught me to cook, so I've cooked for a long time. And, you know, I've always considered myself a pretty healthy cook. But there's a lot of different and actually going vegan helped this as well of having to learn how to use so many different vegetables in different ways. So, yeah, I mean, the meal kit, like, I'm constantly learning things that I didn't even realize before of, like, combining flavors. And it's also funny because there's meals all the time that I look at it and I go, I don't know if I'm going to like this or this might just be an okay meal. And it ends up being, like, my favorite of the week because you just don't know how flavors are – you're going to like flavors together until you try it. So I think that that's something that I always try to tell people is, like, don't say no to it until you've tried it because you just never know what you're going to like or not like. And sometimes you're just really pleasantly surprised. And don't you love that when that happens, when there's something that you're like, I don't know about this. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's a 30 yeah. minute meal and yeah. it's delicious and yeah. I am hooked. Yeah. And that's just kind of magic when you yeah. find something that's easy and delicious. That's new. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to dread it. It could be fun. Like, cooking can be fun. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a chore. And I think that, you know, taking the mental anguish out of it, I'm sure that's the obstacle for a lot of people. And, yeah, you can find those moments of joy. You, you don't have to be, you know, the next Martha Stewart and, like, putting your table together and here's this recipe. Like, but it could be fun. <laughs> and it could be an experience you and your family can enjoy for sure, nightly. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? If it isn't Martha Stewart, you're okay. And if you have a day where it's macaroni and cheese and frozen Mm. chicken nuggets, you have not failed as a mom. It's okay 
feeding your family is enough. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be perfect all the time. That's another thing that I really want parents to know is that if you fed them, you've won, you've done it. Excellent. I know I was going to ask like, what's one thing you want family? To-? And that was perfect. <laughs> you, you took us right there, Marie. <laughs> oh, happy to help. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming out on our pod. We'll, including our show notes, your Instagram, all your information. And hopefully our listeners go and check it out. And I know me, I'm going to take your advice and plan my shopping trips at at the very least, because that's something that I do on a whim too much. (laughs) Yes. You'll thank me later. I promise, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Marie. Thanks, listeners. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.